Welcome to the Ask the Church Collective Podcast, episode number 14. If you are recently subscribed and you happen to have come to our Virginia Beach Conference just a couple days ago, man, I want to welcome you to the community. I want to thank so many of you for coming out. It was just an incredible time, and we're looking forward to already setting up another one next year in the same area. So thank you for spreading the word. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for hanging with all of us. I know myself and uh, Fox both were able to make it. Um, Chris Bellamy, Brian Campbell, Cliff Lambert, I mean, it's just so many people uh, were part. Alex Goff with his Ableton stuff. Man, so many contributors came out and just taught so many people some like really, really cool stuff. So anyway, here we are with the Ask the Church Collective podcast episode 14 in which myself, Josh White, Fox Watterson talk about how loud our church services should be. I know this is a big issue for a lot of people and I think um, there's a lot of real good practical stuff in this short episode. So here we go with the Ask the Collective podcast episode number 14. So on this episode, we're going to talk about uh, the fabled and well-known uh, friend of all tech directors and worship leaders, the decibel meter, and uh, what that means for people. And the advent of technology makes it super fun because anybody can have a decibel meter on their phone, and they like to bring that to you. Um, so I, I think it's probably important to, to kind of just get some context for our church. Like, we're very much watching where our our levels are. Um, Fox can probably speak to it directly, but we, we try to peak around 98, 96 or so. Um, and, and this is still very much like something that moves. Um, unfortunately, our room needs some treatment. So we're kind of right in the thick of it because there's hot spots throughout the room. So depending on where you're standing, you may run into something that wouldn't be uh, real nice for your ears. But in another part of the room, it may just be too quiet. Um, so that, that's kind of our context. What's going on at your church, Jeff? Yeah. So, you know, we're a, we're a church plant in San Francisco. So um, we deal with small venues, we deal with old venues, and because of that, uh, you know, you can walk into any sort of situation. I mean, we've even, um, you know, I've been in theaters in San Francisco, which they're made to be able to produce uh, professional sound, and they're absolutely horrible. So you never know, uh, you know, what you're really walking into. Currently, we, um, we have our church in a old theater um, and, you know, we've definitely had a lot of, like, different issues. And one of the big issues we've had there is that sometimes the sound is too isolated. Um, just because of how the theater has been built, it's built for surround sound. And we basically have two subs and two loudspeakers in the front blasting to the back of the room. And it kind of dampens it. Um, and then, you know, you also have, you know, the, the, the typical San Franciscan who doesn't like the sound outside. And so... Um, just, you know, that's another San Francisco thing. You've got to deal with the neighbors because you're blasting sound and right over the next wall is someone trying to have breakfast, you know? Sure. And so, um, it's got, you know, that's one of those things that we've got to take into consideration as well. So definitely for us, you know, it's kind of the same thing. We're between, um, uh, I would say about 94 to 98 is kind of where we typically try to land on a Sunday morning. Um, and again, that does depend on uh, you know, how many bodies are in the room. <clears throat> we run two services, and sometimes the second service is completely packed, and sometimes the first one is a little scarce. And because of that, um, we have to kind of you know delegate and figure out uh, where we actually want to land the sound that week. So you know, it's it's definitely one of those moving targets each week for us, for sure. Sure. Yeah, I think it's interesting that that this comes up all the time uh, as a tech guy. I mean, that, that's my, that's my world. I have to live in those things. And so having a set number is easy for me to reach. Uh, it's difficult when people come to say, Oh, it's too loud. Oh, it's too quiet. I can't hear. Or, Oh my gosh, those are piercing. 
but that's like a lot of that is personal preference and some of it is actually true like some vocalists are harsh and use as, as engineers we have to to mitigate that the best we can and um uh i think that having a set number for your peaks is solid um it's good to to be able to, to define that. So when people come to complain that it's too loud, you can say, "Hey, actually, um, this is the the guideline set down by uh, by the worship pastor or whomever, the executive pastor, whomever it is for you." And say, "I'm operating within the guidelines that have been laid out." Um, so I'm sorry that if it's too loud for you, um, we we have a traditional service that we can point people towards that has a much quieter atmosphere. Um, also, it's probably it might be a good idea to stack um, like ear earbuds or earphones, uh, earplugs at their at front of house as well, so you can dish those out if somebody thinks that it's too loud. Sure. Uh, but it, ha- having it be ambiguous and not having a set level can be difficult to work with. So I think that having those numbers and having them defined as what they are and why they are that way hmm. is super helpful. Um, there's a lot of science that goes into that that we can get into later if we want to. Um, but the, the mid to high nineties is probably where most churches are going to land. Um, because it's comfortable and it feels louder than it actually is at times. And so we get that cool effect that this place is bumping, but even though the volume level is not super high, it feels that they got the energy there too. So low to mid nineties and peaking in the high nineties is a sweet range to be at. Uh, I try to hit that mark. Uh, regularly we've got my decibel meter here that I keep it front of house and yeah, it's a, it's a nice guideline to have. Um, I know that some people ascribe the theory that it shouldn't be a rule in the first place, but I don't know if I, I don't know if I believe in that. Um, what I do believe in is that if you have those guidelines and you should follow them and, and be able to back them up with science, Sure. to whomever is is either making those complaints or is wanting to change that rule right yeah, that's good i think it's important too like the, you, you said like some people just kind of bristle at the fact that the meter even comes out but mm-hmm. it's really freeing if you've talked with your lead pastor with your executive pastor like your team is on board with you know this is the parameters we're going to run at it really saves you know maybe your sound person's a volunteer um, it saves them a lot of headache because now you've taken some of the subjectivity out of it and you have an objective goal you're aiming for. And then, you know, if they decide, you know, 105 is too much of a peak, then you can go talk about that and you can adjust and you can, you know, in some sort of a scientific way, make it work. Otherwise you're kind of just going from week to week and they're like, Oh, it's too loud. or It's too quiet. Or, you know, didn't sure. have enough of this. Yeah, totally. So that's super, super good. I think yeah. that subjective point there is also really good because it, uh, you know, as a sound person running the audio on a weekend, someone tells me it's too loud. Like that could be like grating or insulting. Like this is my job, bro. Like right. <laughs> got this. But at the same time, while I personally would like to run in the high 90s, low 100s and and peak around 105, that would be sweet. That's super not where our culture's at. And so I, I have to rein that in and take myself out of that equation as the engineer and work and focus on what our culture wants and what our people want and what our lead pastor wants. My, my personal wishes don't apply here. Hmm. Um, it might be different if we're doing like a night of worship, that could be totally different. Um, but on a weekend service, our culture, what they, what they like, what they want is something that I need to, excuse me, I need to strive to achieve 
to serve them best and remove myself from that. So I need to learn how to be uh, objective when dealing with those things. Uh, I think that's a, that's a great tool for any audio engineers, just remove themselves from that situation and say, what, what do I want versus what do the people want and what does my boss want? Yeah. Yeah, that's good, man. And, you know, I think that's, you know, not even just dealing with, uh, with this sound issue with your church, but almost being part of any team in any situation of any ministry situation, that type of mindset is so, so vital. Um, having that form of transparency of this isn't about me, this is about what's best for the entire team. Um, you know, th- there's been so many times, just even in this past week, where I've had um, multiple times, multiple situations where where I've had to say that even to myself. And so, you know, at the end of the day, like you're saying, Fox, you've got to look at your church culture and see, like, what is applicable to them, what sound range is best for them, not what sounds best to me, but what's going to sound best for the church, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's a big, big piece too, is to really define who your church is and yeah. and don't get yourself into the danger of, you know, going to the big worship concert and then coming back and feeling like you need to do that thing that you just participated in with, say, 10,000 people and you have a church of 300 and you want to try to do similar things. Not that that can't be done. Maybe your church is just into that and you're in like a small club and not that many people, but you guys are going to town and it's super loud and all that. But all that to say, like, you really need to make sure um, you know what your where your church is at, where the people of the church are at, where your senior pastor's at. Um, where you want to go, I think is a big thing too, because um, there is a danger in if you just feel like you have to constantly match whatever your church wants, then you know there is a certain amount of as leaders you want to walk your church forward, you know maybe and maybe that is like okay, we want it to be a little louder for the sake of a little more participation, like but really have a reason why and be intentional about it and let your church know where you're going and why, and make sure you got your your senior pastors buy in because if you're the one trying to push that and and they're not interested in it, you're going to probably have some trouble with that. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I know that some people might take offense to that, what I said about we need to remove ourselves or think that they know better, and, and you might. Um, but nobody cares. <laughs> to, to, to be blunt in a, in a loving way, um, and, unless you're the boss, we don't care. Yeah. We need to do what our bosses ask of us to do. Uh, you can talk to to your whether it's your your worship pastor, your lead pastor, executive pastor, whomever it is for you. Um, you can talk to them about about what you're wanting to do and 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 how you believe that you can make a, the worship experience better. But ultimately, it's not your call. It's mm-hmm. not your decision. Yeah. That's them. Um, they they need to be the ones to be able to set that guideline. And it can be a dialogue. It can be a conversation like, hey, this this volume level is awesome because of this, 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 and this. Uh, or this volume level is too weak because of this and this. Um, let's let us let us try to find somewhere in the middle ground where it's not too loud, it's not too quiet, and it, it fits comfortably in our space, in our room. And then you can have that dialogue and, and come up with those numbers together. Yeah. Um, that is super healthy. It's never healthy just to take what is given to you and be like, well, you're dumb and I know better. I'm just going to go do whatever I want to do because I know better. Sure. That's, that's not cool. Um, that's, that's prideful and silly. Right. Um, so and, you, and, you really need to be wise in these situations and, and, and approach these people. 
mm-hmm. ask them, talk to them, figure that out, have a dialogue together and, and get those guidelines in place so that you can be successful. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's so good, man. And, you know, hopefully, um, at, you know, whoever's listening at, at your church, um, there is a commonality of being able to have an open conversation about this with your boss. Hopefully you're not in church culture where what just says goes. Hopefully you're able to speak wisdom and even authority into the situations that, that come up in your church. And, you know, in this regard, um, one of the big things I, I live by is this thing called the blue wall, green wall theory. And, you know, if my, if my boss asked me, hey, Josh, I want you to go paint this wall blue. Um, if I looked at the wall and realized, you know, I think this wall will look better as a green wall. I would be, hope to be able to go to my, my boss, which uh, here at my church, uh, I do have this. And I would be able to go to him and say, like, hey, man, I, I really think this would look better um, as a green wall. Um, and, you know, there's a 50-50 chance. Either we could sit down and have a conversation and he could eventually think, like, you know, you're right. Let's roll with your idea. And then there's the other half where he says, you know, I hear you. I still want us to paint the wall blue. At that point, you just need to paint the wall blue. You know, there, yeah. there is a point where, where there is, like I said, a commonality of being able to have a conversation with your boss. But at the end of the day, if he just tells you, I need you to do this and I need you to get it done, you go do it and you go get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, I think that's good work culture and that's, that's good brotherhood culture too. That's good friendship culture. And so just always have that in the back of your head. Like at the end of the day, you're probably not the one in charge. And therefore, like always seek out to what your boss is asking you to do. And if you have a problem with that, I mean, I'm going to be a little bit blunt here. Number one, you signed up for the job. And number two, there's a reason why he is the one in charge. So you've got to remember those, those two things there and, you know, just roll with it. Even though at the end of the day, you might not always agree. Um, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. At the end of the day, your leader um, asks you to do something and, and you just need to do that and get it done. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you have a question, you can head over to thechurchcollective.com, hit that contact form, uh, sign up for our email newsletter, or reply to any email newsletter you've gotten from me. It'll go straight to me, ask your question, and we'll put it on uh, one of these episodes as we're moving forward. God bless you today.